Hey, Eddie. Yes. Turn your mic up a little. How's, coming in quiet. How's this? A little better. Keep going. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. My name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs want to feel my breast. Hick, oh, I'm sorry. Welcome to World One One Podcast, the show also known as the Train Wreck of Professionalism. I don't know where we have that name, but whatever. I'm Adrian Nieto. I'm going to be the host today, even though I promised myself I won't be the host again, but that's just the way it is. Uh, joining me today is uh, Papa Bird himself, Larry Giver. What up, foes? Uh, and the man that does it all and does a little bit more after that, Eddie D. Paper Mario Color Splash is the game of the year. Yas. Just yas. Uh, no, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. All right. Let's move on to the uh, important uh, episode that we have today. A very special episode because we have our first guest. Uh, well, not our first guest, but our first Yeah, he's our first guest. Say, right? He's our first guest. Oh, is it? All right. There yes. we go. I don't even know my own show. <laughs> wow. uh, but <laughs> joining us from... <laughs> And I think I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Cycloptic Media? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, exactly so right. Joining us is uh, Robert Kramer. How you doing, man? Yay! <laughs> Good. How are you guys doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, we're very excited <laughs> to have you here. Um, before we get to the main reason why uh, we have you here, though, uh, let's just uh, get to know you a little bit more. So uh, let's just answer some very simple questions like, who are you? What do you do? What kind of things you like? Stuff like that. Sure. Uh, well, uh, my name's Robert Kramer. Um, I I studied uh, 3D animation in college, and I, I was wanting to get into making, you know, the typical 3D games. And uh, after I graduated, I kind of did more graphic design sort of things and worked on a few movies in the art department. And uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. More recently, um, I, I started a new project. Um, which I know we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just generally come from a creative background and yeah. So, um, so you like, you like like animation and illustration and stuff like that. Uh, do you like obviously video games as well and board games, I'm guessing. Uh, what other kind of things do, do you like enjoy? Um, outside of the game world, uh, I play some guitar and, uh, um, a little bit of everything. Uh, my, my wife has a soap company I help out with, so nice. cool. making novelty things. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and what is everything uh, creative? You know, and what is the name of that soap company? <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's called Dirty Ass Soap. <laughs> oh, I remember. I think, I think you've got an untapped market that you could be totally playing to here. You could totally corner the market on distri- distributing soap to, like, prisons everywhere that just have the words do not drop stamped on it. 
<laughs> oh my god. See, I, this is what I told you. This is how things usually go. It's just like... <laughs> it goes all over the place. Um, so now I, I was uh, listening to your... Uh, we're here, although uh, let's just start by saying that. We're here because you just launched a uh, Kickstarter for uh, the Decoder Ring organization, which is like a mail-order uh, mystery game. Uh, however, you mentioned in your video and uh, the previous interview with Nair Overdrive uh, that you participated on some game jams and you were also uh, involved in a previous Kickstarter. Um, so let's go for the game jams first. Like, which game jams were those? What kind of projects you worked on? Stuff like that. Um, so uh, I w participated in the Global Game Jam, um, uh, I think, for three, four years at SU uh, in New York. And... Um, yeah, you know, they kind of give you the theme, and then you get together a group. It wasn't the sort of thing where I came in with a group of people that I knew. So it was meeting all new people and forming something from nothing. It's a really cool experience. Yeah, I've been into a couple of them already, although I've only been in one where I didn't choose my team. I was just like, all right, this is it's a group of random people, and I just kind of, like, joined them. Um, but like, just for everybody that doesn't know, though, uh, a global game jam is this yearly event in which, uh, like all over the world, people uh, get together and they try to make a game in 48 hours. Uh, there's like universities participating and like different, uh, like nonprofit, uh, stuff and uh, a bunch of really cool stuff, basically. And you can see a bunch of really cool, interesting games or really crappy ones, let's be honest, uh, <laughs> from all those games. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm on the crappy camp of game jams uh, yeah well you only get the the weekend to make it so exactly yeah it's pretty very hours. Can you, yeah exactly yeah um was there one of those projects that you really like enjoy uh working on like which one is your favorite or something of uh, the game jam things um i i liked i liked two of them a lot i think one of them was um the the theme I forget the exact theme but it had to do with heart so we went with a heart attack theme and we did a like a Tetris style thing where it was an artery though and pieces were coming down and clogging to the sides <laughs> and you had to kind of That's break them up. Cool. <laughs> I thought that one was really funny and then like there was a little timer on the side that's like a piece of food like someone's eating it you know. Oh. <laughs> Can that's you survive cool. this cheeseburger? Yeah, and, and it was done. You know. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever wanted to exp uh like go a little bit more? Like you create your that game and that game gem and just be like, I wanted to like flesh this out a little bit more. Have you ever thought about doing that or anything? Definitely, definitely. Um, it's tough because you just meet the people there, and then you know whether or not anything happens afterwards can you know really be up in the air. But um, there was another like the first one I participated in. It was uh music themed one where you had to it was a side scrolling game that i did the art for and um it, you had to move to the beat like kind of like a you know guitar hero sort of thing mm -hmm. so you could only move on the beat and you know if you messed up you'd fall in a pit you know like you had to make sure you jumped on that beat sort of thing so that was fun too the music stages from uh rayman legends <laughs> yeah, or um, like Big Trip Hero that you enjoy a lot. It's basically, at least the way I see it, it's mostly like a rhythm game where you're just trying to like always follow the beat and stuff like that. There was uh, a, 
I was gonna say there was a rhythm game uh for three DS that Nintendo did. Um, like you have to stay on beat, and if you mess up, uh, I know Rhythm Heaven is definitely one of them, where you always have to constantly stay on beat uh, to get to the level. But uh, that platforming one, so it was one game that Nintendo did. Uh, I don't, I, I don't remember it. However, I think we can mm-hmm. all agree that Rhythm Heaven has to be the greatest Rhythm Games game ever. It's just so fun. NBA just beats it out. Man, doesn't. Uh, Good trip for white fools. <laughs> um, you also work in a Kickstarter. Everything always. Um, uh, Robert, you also work in a mm-hmm. previous Kickstarter, though, which you did the art for. Uh, what was that project about? Uh, so that was. Um, I didn't actually run the campaign. I did the artwork for it, but my friend did a. Um, he has a company called The Vegan Zombie, where he does a, a cooking show. He has, like, a YouTube cooking show. <laughs> okay. But it's about, like, vegans surviving the zombie apocalypse or something. So I did, like, a, a, a graphic novel illustration that kind of starts the cookbook off. So it was That's really cool. That's pretty funny. <laughs> did that Kickstarter yeah. succeed? Uh, like, what happened with it? Yeah, no, he blew the goal out of the water. He was actually um, approached by Kickstarter afterwards for all sorts of interviews as, like, one of the most successful Kickstarters at the time, so. Oh, that's amazing. There you go. Yeah. Cool, that's It's kind of funny. He'll show up on, like, uh, you know, some of the weirdest Kickstarters ever done, those sort of, like, BuzzFeed things and whatever. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I'll have have to check it out, though. I haven't haven't, uh, put any time to check that. That's that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so now the main reason why we're here, though, uh, your new project again, uh, the Decoder Ring organization, uh, which is like, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. So I'm actually gonna leave it to you to do so. <laughs> um, so, like, what is the project about? <clears throat> yeah, it's it is like a, it's a simple idea, but yeah, it's it is a bit to explain. It kind of is two things, like. Um, Part of it is just, like, the genre and the feel of it, and that's, like, a mystery, true crime, sort of solving your way through and very, like, uh, story-driven kind of thing, Um, which is an interesting thing. But then the other half of it is the how you actually play it, which isn't, like, a normal video game. It's uh, actually a physical game, but it's not a tabletop game. How it works is your mailed packages and letters over the course of about eight weeks. And it's 18 to 20 packages. And that kind of depends on if you solve certain clues, you get extra packages. Um, and yeah, as you open them, they kind of start unraveling a story that you're supposed to kind of really get into. And, you know, it's it, we, I actually uh, game tested it with a bunch of people. And I wasn't there for all of them, but the ones I was, it was really interesting to see them, like, they're, like, hanging up, like, papers and, like... Like oh wait it was on this this clue this thing and so yeah it's uh it, there's a lot to it but it's simple to think about but it's complicated to explain kind of it, it, it feels like a mystery meets real life adventure games you know like how you do a adventure game uh, something like fitness right like you're searching for clues and those clues help you solve the mystery mystery. But everything is being now done in real time. And definitely when you said mystery, I was sold. I was just like, what? You're doing a mystery? Let me find out more about this Kickstarter. <laughs> nice, yeah, that's, that's what uh, what originally attracted me to it. Uh, 
like I, I see as a game developer, I check Kickstarter pretty much on like a weekly basis, right? Like I'm always seeing like which new projects are up there, which ones are interesting, which are about to like meet their goal or they're nowhere near close to meet their goal. Just to, you know, like to study them and, you know, see where everything went uh, right and where everything went wrong. Uh, but I mostly check the video game section, right? Like I, I don't usually go to like board game. Well, sometimes I check tabletop games. But I don't mm-hmm. check uh, like uh, comic books or like graphic novels or anything like or movies or anything like that, right? Um, so it was interesting when I uh, stumbled up, uh, upon this on uh, the Nerd Override uh, group, and I was just like, hold on, like this is like far too out there. Like I've never seen anything like it, and it's really cool. Especially I've been getting a lot into tabletop and board games lately. I mm-hmm. just like have it in my mind right now, and it's just like, oh, this is. This is something worth talking about for sure. Um, but again, it is kind of hard to explain. So, like, if you can, just uh, we're gonna put a link to the to the Kickstarter page. So, you just go ahead and check that out, so you can see for yourself what the project is about for sure. Um, can you? Sorry, I had a question. Something you touched on. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that you know, depending on how whether or not you pick up certain clues will determine whether you get certain packages. I'm curious, you know, versus like uh, the Mysterious Package Company uh, that does, you know, stories uh, like this via mail, but they're just telling stories. There's no interactive component. You know, how are you interacting with the game? So there's, I I haven't actually done a Mysterious Package, so I don't want to misspeak about anything, so I'm not 100% sure. But from what I've seen, um, how you interact is, with ours, you solve the clues um, so trying to give an example without ruining anything, you know, um, let's say you're, you're, you're given a cryptogram and the, you solve this cryptogram. And I guess the answer that you get from the cryptogram is leads you to the next clue. And then when you get that next clue, cause you solving the cryptogram, you send off the next, next package. I'm assuming. It's similar to that, yeah. And there's to to get the feedback, which maybe is kind of what you're asking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, how are you it, receiving the feedback on what somebody's saw? So, besides the packages, right? Besides the the packages, there is also a web component. So there's a bunch of in-game websites too. So if you, I'll make up something that's not in the game real quick. So if you like you find out about a book that's in a library or something that's uh, uh, in part of the story and there's a, you know, you know the number, you can check it out or something and it'll, quote, get sent to you, that sort of thing. Okay. 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 So there, there's essentially a functioning website where you're inputting, you know, what you figured out so that you as the, the person running the game knows, you know, what what clues or packages to send out next or not send out depending on what someone's figured out. Right, and I mean, a lot of the, there's only a few like that throughout the game, you know, like, it would become a huge mess if the whole game was that, you know? Like, there's a lot of just, you know, putting together the story by solving the clues. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like like you said, like a cryptogram or something. Um, But some of it's just a matter of, like, oh, this person did this, and maybe they worked here, and you have this business information, stuff like that, you know? Right. Cool. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's where the whole name comes from, right? Because 
it's, it is supposed to be like a living organization of people trying to solve the same mystery to some extent or right it's um it, it's kind of almost a joke the well, in a way the so the, the decodering organization is supposed to kind of be a play on like a mix of like people on reddit who i'm also a redditor so i'm not making fun of them yeah. But, like, people on Reddit solving, like, getting together to try to solve, like, the Boston Marathon thing or something. Or, you know, the excitement over Coney 2012, like, they're going to change the world. Um, it's kind of like that's what the Decoder Ring organization is supposed to be. Like, a bunch of people that they have, like, good intentions, but um, you kind of are joining up with them. And then things kind of go off the rails, you know? This kind of reminds me a little bit about, uh, and I, I, I'm not an Overwatch player, but I kind of follow uh, the community a little bit. But people were going insane trying to decipher uh, when uh, and how and what Sombra was, which is one of the new like champions or characters or whatever uh, that just got released for Overwatch. And like there were like these mystic clues all over everywhere on the like different websites and like stuff like that and people were just trying to like put pieces together so is it something yeah. like that right just want people to go nuts trying to solve a mystery yeah i i didn't follow that 100 percent, but i remember seeing it in the news yeah, yeah. um <laughs> it's it's not like um 100 percent. like some of those uh, like args get really intense like you have to reverse a video and run it through a picture program and then decode the morse code that it spits out like i didn't try to make it so impossible to figure out um you know i wanted it to be accessible you know to the general population where you're not gonna hit a hit like something you're supposed to solve and get really like flustered and start googling it before you give yourself a chance you know because you don't want you want people you don't want people to overthink something when it's kind of simple just like (laughs) just you kind of want to be like, take your time and figure it out. Because when you figure stuff out like that and you get that aha moment, it feels really good. Just be like, I found this on my own and, oh, wow, that was very clever. And then you go on. And that keeps you interested in doing stuff like this. Right, exactly. And, like, I found, like, for example, I took this out of the game, so I guess I can say it. There was one part where I, I had a bunch of people game test it and there was some things hidden in the source code on some of the websites. And it it was kind of complicated. And out of everyone that played it, nobody got it. So I was like, well, that doesn't work, you know, it has to go. So, yeah. Like, it will probably work for, like, like I'm a programmer, right? So I'll probably try to check if you hit anything there. But, like, yeah. my dad, for example, he probably wouldn't do it, right? And, like, he will miss the entire point of that uh that quest, let's put it like that, I guess. It could be a nice Easter egg, though, if you still want to, like, leave it yeah. just, like, a little hint to something also, things to come or something, whatever. Yeah, I, and I still throw in some... There still is even some little things like that, but they're just not essential, you know? And I try to make the game so even if you do miss, like, a lot of stuff, you're still getting the packages for the most part, and you, you're still getting the story. You just might miss some little tidbits and things like that. It should it should gotcha. be considered as EPC, extra package content, instead of DLC. <laughs> DLC, yeah. 
Like, oh, I got some extra package content. What's this? Oh, it's a Sunscope thing. <laughs> One hundred and nine. Free, uh, free ELC. I should add that to the Kickstarter. Um, and now uh, a question that I just uh, thought about quickly was, um, so will you still get a package if you don't solve the clue? You have to solve the previous puzzle in order to get the next package. Um. Yeah, you should see the insanity I've set up. I so how I like when I was making this, I I basically put all the clues on index cards and stuff, and I was rearranging them and in spreadsheets insanity. But uh, <laughs> yeah, how it works is there's a set of clues that are constant, and they're set on the timeline, and you get them no matter what. And then there's brief period of the time where there's space for the extra package to come if they've solved something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently toying with the idea for the first season of kind of giving the extra content at the end so people don't lose anything, but um, I'm going to probably leave that up to the Kickstarter backers and ask them towards the end of the campaign. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. a great idea. Um so I know, like, for a game like this, um, the story is the most important element about it, right? Um, you mentioned a little bit of it during your uh, Kickstarter video, uh, but is there anything else you can tell us about it that is non-spoiler? Like, on a very simple, yet even more, uh, yeah. <laughs> what did he say? The premise. The premise. The premise. We were picking up a, a you know a copy of a game in a shop, and we looked at the back to find out what it was about. Yeah, this is this is the tricky part, really. Like how much do I tell? But um, so I kind of gave the the decoder ring organization. You kind of join it. They all have you know the best intentions. You can see the video that's supposed to be their promo video on the Kickstarter page if you watch it, and um, you know they're all about changing the world. And if you watch that video. Partway through, there's a little um, interlude in it, um, and I don't want to give anything away. It's so tough. Um, It's like um, if you watch the video, it kind of gives you a hint of what you're getting into. Um, Right. Because uh, it seems seems to be, I want to say, a murder mystery almost. Um, That's what it's leaning more to. I'm assuming. Right. I mean, the the generic gist, which I kind of say in the uh, project video, is, you know, that it's the dark circumstances surrounding the disappearance of Julie Harrison from Moore County, Vermont, which is, uh, you know, made up county. Um, I thought it was real. (laughs) I thought it was a real place, yeah. (laughs) No, so I completely made up the magic for Adrian. (laughs) <laughs> exactly no that's a tough thing i know i've been leaving it out of all the press that it's fake you know but <laughs> it's scoop there you go we got the scoop here <laughs> um so now to move forward a little bit more um we talk a little bit more about the gameplay you are basically uh solving puzzles in order to get a new clues to continue with the with the story and the experience um like, but like, how? Like, what kind of puzzles are they? Like, are they letters that you read and you're trying to like get code words or something like that? Or like, what's? What are some of the puzzle mechanics that you have there? I have to think about this for a second. I don't want to. 
Um, so, yeah, like a lot of it'll be, there, there aren't too many, like, um, Jesus is tough. Take your time, man. Don't worry. Every there are... something. <laughs> Somebody sing a song quick while I think. No. Well, um, before you before you say uh, say anything, um, have you has have you looked at the game uh, Her Story on PC? Definitely. Okay. Actually, I had just I had just finished playing that. Okay. Well, not just, but I had finished playing that recently after I had come up with the idea. Will some of that kind of be incorporated in this? Like, if you solve a puzzle. Um, and you go to the web to like to give an answer with something like her story come where like there's a video and you kind of could check, you know, different kind of testimonies and stuff. And that testimony might lead to maybe extra content or um, to the next puzzle. Would that some some that be like inside the game? That's exactly it. It's it's more like that than the, the the like I said, the flipping a video and doing all that sort of stuff. You know, there's extra video and audio that's all like unlockable. Um so besides the packages you'll have that. Yeah. Okay. Um will there be any of those like uh Chinese folding ones, you know, when you have to put it in the corner and you have to do this, the origami ones, and if you like you pick a letter and it said like A uh <laughs> or it's, it'd be a number the, you pick four. The, yeah, those the, little like, things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, um, I'm sorry, I'm telling so my age. You said that that <laughs> that was actually like on the list of possibilities, but we scrapped it. We did scrap oh, it though, so it's not Oh yeah. no! But 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 that's the example of a that might be an example of a puzzle that someone who's a participator might be sick. Let's just exactly say. okay exactly that sort of thing. So I'm we, glad you we, said that. That's a perfect example. <laughs> so those are some of the of the puzzle types, I guess, that we can expect and not expect from from the game, um, which is really awesome for sure. Um, now, like, how how did you come up with this idea? You said that you finished playing her story uh, some time before you started uh, working on this, um, but like, was there any other uh, like inspiration or like how how did you come up with this? It was it was a lot of things. So I finished watching or playing her story. I guess it's a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and then I I was listening to a lot of uh, true crime podcasts and stuff at the time, like Serial, um, uh, let's see, Undisclosed, and like also some creepy things like No Sleep uh, podcast, that sort of thing. And uh, at the same time. Like, there was just an escape the room that had opened up in our area. And so I was like, oh, maybe I should oh, go to that. Jealousy. And then, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, at, at the same time, a friend of ours who was into, like, the same sort of stuff, it was going to be her birthday. And we're like, oh, we should make a little something like that for her, you know, a couple things, you know. And, uh. And so I, I was like, yeah, we should. And I started working on it, you know. And uh, and then, like, before I knew it, like, I had, like, a stack of things that I was, you know, rearranging. And I'm like, this isn't just a, like, birthday present or something, you know. It's getting insane. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, 
Oh my goodness, something just came to my mind. Uh, thinking, oh. of, thinking about doing something like that and going like uh to like Toys R Us or something and going to their dollar section and getting little different knickknacks and those little knickknacks are clues and to like uh she saw the she saw those clues and it leads to a big uh a big present you know something like that oh goodness I might have to do that <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, I was thinking I was thinking about that too she was like. I mean, like, it would be really cool if you were, like, have to go to, like, a bookstore or something and one of the books that was, like, hidden in the tallest shelf has, like, a like a clue or something that takes you to another place or something like that. That would be, like, freaking oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, you know, when you were talking about, you know, some of the influences, one of the, the games that jumped to mind for me immediately was... Uh, Trace memory from the DS had probably some of the most brilliant, clever puzzles I had ever come across, and I couldn't help but you know think if or wonder if you know it's something that you had played at any point and gone, ha, huh, that's neat. Should do something with that. I, I had in what's it called, Trace Memory? Yeah. Yes. I have to check it out. <laughs> it's, it was yeah, it one is. of the first uh, earlier DS games, um, and for the because pe- I think it's from the people who made Hotel Dust. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. It it took the concept of the point and click adventure game like Myst, you know, from back in the day, exactly. and they did some of the most brilliant puzzles that you could possibly do utilizing the DS hardware to to make it more than just a logic puzzle, but to kind of physically put objects <laughs> from the game into your hands. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, like along the same lines, like. Mist was like an influence, of course, and right after we finished her story, I played it with my wife, and she was like, "Man, this reminds me of Seventh Guest." And I was like, "What's Seventh oh, Guest?" And she's a... like, "What Seventh Guest?" So she oh, downloaded my it goodness. on her iPad. That is a throwback. Oh my goodness! <laughs> that just opens exactly. the whole floodgates of everything scum related. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no, all that yes. sort of stuff definitely. An influence. Neverhood, Journeyman Project, Mast, all those, yeah. Cool. So yeah, it, it, it's it's really cool to see that you got inspiration from like many different sources and not just taking from one thing, um, which I think it, it really uh, reflects on how like unique is the is your project. Like again, I spent a lot of time on Kickstarter and like I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. So it was it was super exciting yeah. to see. Um, like, however, I, I can uh, one, uh, stop wondering though. Like, why why did you choose to go with Kickstarter? Like, what what, what was why made you decide to go with that platform and not something else entirely? Um, well, there's a few reasons. One was that I my friend had done one before, so I was kind of familiar with it. Um, but the reason I I actually chose it was because. For a game like this, you can't really do, like, a Steam thing or something like that, you know? Like, there's physical things, like, it's not digital, so... Um, and I and I kind of needed... I knew I needed to hit a certain number of people, because a lot of the supplies for doing something like this, I have to buy in bulk. Yeah. So I, I kind of thought through it, and I priced out different things, you know, I had my whole spreadsheet, and I found that I needed about 100 players like i could do a little less or a little more you know but that was my goal so that's kind of how i based everything and uh yeah kickstarter led you know lends itself to that like being able to set a goal so this raises a question then 
is Kickstarter the only way to get in on the game, or will anybody be able to subscribe and jump in? You know, once the Kickstarter closes, and if so, you know, how much for a season pass to get in on it? Um, so to the, after the Kickstarter ends, that's the best way to get in on season one. Um, when the Kickstarter is over, you can still got, buy season one. There's the abridged version, which is one box that you get all the clues all at once. Um, and you play through it, you know, at your own pace kind of, so you could binge play it if you wanted to, and you lose some of the, uh, some of the coolness of it, you know, cause it's not happening real time. You're not getting a package every couple days. Um, but that's the way to buy it after, um, the Kickstarter is over kind of. And so, and it, since it does play real time, it'll play season one, season two, season three. And we might start repeating them to get people caught up or into the game. Um, but yeah. How many uh, seasons are you, are you planning for it? Um, I have a real general just for six seasons, six but seasons. the first three seasons I have. Okay. And if it's if it's super popular after six seasons, I'll keep going probably. But <laughs> all right, there you go. So, like, uh, and this was something that I um, that I posted on the on, on the group when I found out about the project uh, was like about people who are like in the UK or like me in Canada, for example, right? Um, mm-hmm. The abridged version seems to be the way to go for pretty much anyone that is not in the US. Um, however, the abridged version doesn't contain everything from season one, right? Um, so. It will contain everything that is in the story. There's some custom items um, to keep the cost low and to make it manageable so I'm not juggling a billion seasons at once. I'll, I'll have pre-done abridged packages set up so they're ready to just send. Um, yeah, and, and I, they'll be sent out after the season's over. I don't know if I mentioned that. Just to make sure that people aren't ordering the abridged and getting yeah. it and then spoiling it for everyone else, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, however, like, if, like, let's say that myself, right? Like, I, I would like to get the full experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that eventually you will have a way to get people outside of the U.S. with the full season one experience uh, that is not the abridged version? I think with enough enough success, it might be possible. Um, The tricky thing is sending things to other countries. I've done it before, and sometimes it'll take a week, and sometimes it'll take months, you know, depending on things getting held up. So that that messes with the getting things real-time aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a thought on that. I I could totally help your business out. (laughs) Find yourself a friend and, you know, like over in the U.K. and, you know, one up in Canada, send them everything they need to start distributing out. And once you know everybody's got everything, you start your season and everybody can move in sync. That is not a bad idea. idea. It's not too late to do so either. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> maybe we saw the mystery right here. Just... That'll be a special thanks to Larry, like on the <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. Hey, I'll be your contact here in Canada. I'll I'll be the. <laughs> I'm awesome. about to move to a bigger house. I'm gonna have a huge basement. We'll just throw everything down there. We'll just ship it uh, in due time for sure. 
Um, but yeah, like, how like your Kickstarter, uh, like it's doing, it's doing good. Uh, it's uh, twenty uh, twenty seven hundred uh, sitting on right now. Um, like, uh, how are you feeling about that number right now? Like, are you like is that the goal that you expected to get in the first couple of days, or like do you expect it to be higher, lower? I, I really didn't know what to expect. You know, like you see some things on Kickstarter that just sit at zero the whole time. And then you see some things that get on Kickstarter and they're, you know, at 2 million first day or something. Yeah, so exactly. I, I feel like I'm at a good middle road kind of, um, you know, it could be doing a little better maybe, but I think it's definitely like on passive, like exceed its goal. So I can't complain about that, you know. I think once you start, like, you continue to promote more and keep showing the little people, you know, what mm. they're in for, I think it will grab their interest and be like, oh, okay, I'm cool. I'll support this, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and it's so tough before you launch because there's not a lot to, like, they, I have my, like, my website and stuff, but, like, it's not the Kickstarter. I can't direct people to the Kickstarter yet, so there's... There was a little bit there. They, there are some services out there that you can use to kind of help around that, but I, I don't know. There's also a lot of uh, people trying to scam people involving Kickstarter yeah, things. Yeah. No, I think I think you're doing good. Like I know myself. I've shared with like five friends already. I'm 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 trying to like think like who else can I share with because I, like I don't know many people who will be invested. Like they will like to invest their time on something like this. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, the ones that I told already, I know they will be like really into it. So I'm like, yeah, man, there you go. Or like, maybe yeah. I'll try to get the abridged version for my dad for, well, not for Christmas, but for after uh, Christmas, something like maybe his birthday. I don't yeah. know. I shared we'll it on, uh, I shared a video on my page and on my Twitter thing, and now I just got to start talking it up to be like, hey, if you guys are into mysteries, come look at this game. So I got to kind of start marketing it, uh, getting it down pack, <laughs> and hopefully. Uh, help you get, you know. Hopefully, you meet, you reach your goal, and it comes out because I'm really am interested in this. Yeah, well, I like put it up on our Facebook page too for the podcast, which means that you know, a whopping three people saw it. Yeah, exactly, three people. Thank you. <laughs> Trust me, look, I have other groups that I could post it in, so I'll probably do that after our recording. Um, just to get the word out because I know there's a lot of people in my area who love to do uh, ghost hunting stuff, like, ghost hunting stuff. Yeah, it's mm. not very mystery things, but I'm just like, look, if you guys are into doing mysteries and finding out stuff and are are into narratives, games like this, um, this is a good Kickstarter to get involved with, for involved in and receiving these packages because you guys love to do this stuff. So this would be a good thing. For them, and plus, it, and plus, it's almost getting close to Christmas. So, if I don't know when you're going to start releasing it, but if it's before Christmas, it's a good Christmas gift to like get people in involved. I should say, definitely. Yeah. How are you? Uh, <clears throat> actually, that's. Oh yeah, probably what I was about to say. Uh, the. Uh... Oh, sorry. We keep cutting each other off. <laughs> Um, you but first. yeah, the, yeah, after you, no, after you, um, so how it, it involves, it works around the holidays is, um, I, I didn't want to start giving packages before the holidays because okay. people might be away or, you know, that sort of thing. So the like middle ground I found is that 
I'm going to send an email out at the beginning of December. Okay. And that'll be worded kind of like, thank you for joining the Dakota Ring organization, you know. And uh, it'll kind of be like the rabbit hole or, you know, the the start of the, the trailhead. Um, and so you can either, you know, forward that to your friend you bought it for or print it out and give it to them. So, yeah, cool. definitely giftable. Okay, Larry? So speaking of gifting, you know, um, for anyone listening that hasn't checked out the page yet, what's the... Uh, What's the cost of entry to uh, to get running on this for somebody? So the the actual the abridged version. I'm pulling up the page right now to make sure I don't say anything wrong. It's forty five bucks. It's forty five. Yeah. yeah, I forget the shipping on everything though. But forty five for the abridged version. Uh, it's fifty five for the first season. The first two seasons are hundred and five. And then for the first year, the three seasons is 140, and that's plus shipping on all that. But okay, so if you yeah, don't, so if you donate to Kickstarter, do you just get the first season? Um, for depends the depends on which you choose, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. The okay. the it, it starts at the first season, but you can get up to all three that are set. Okay. So. Yeah, and it, there's like a a story that spans one season, and it. You know, there's a little bow tie on the end, like it all wraps up nicely. But the the story continues and with some of the same characters and stuff throughout the other seasons. So you can, you know, kind of experience like a television show sort of thing, or just you know do it as a one off, depending on what you want. Okay, pretty cool. So like you know, like just looking at the campaign and like uh, talking about the project, I can help to think how like. Where could this go? Like, I, there, like the possibilities are really endless. At least, in my opinion, I think they are. Um, so, like, where where do you see uh, this going? Like, you said that you have like three seasons already planned out. You would like to do uh, six in total, at least. Um, but like out beyond that, like, let's say that it just blows and it goes all over the place. Where do you see this? All right, hello everyone, welcome back. Uh, we had a little bit of. Uh, technical issue i'm pretty sure larry will explain more about that uh or already explained more about that um but anyway let's go back to our guest here Uh, there's your explanation there you go uh we're back here with uh robert from uh cyclopic media we're talking about uh the decoder ring organization which is uh his kickstarter project that he's running on right now um so the question where we left on was where like where do you see the project going from here? Uh, like I mentioned before, you already have three seasons in mind, uh, mm-hmm. six uh, hopefully. But like mm-hmm. beyond that, when it explodes, because it will, uh, where do you see uh, all this project going? So um, yeah, I don't know where the last the thing cut off, but but the big goal, if everything goes through, is you know if if it explodes even bigger than the Kickstarter. Um, I would really like to be able to pull in guest writers and that sort of thing and bring in other perspectives and then give people a choice of like which, you know, they don't have to follow the the one season trail I set. If they want to do, you know, a guest season that wrote about, um, you know, something maybe I'm not as well versed in or something, then, or, you know, something completely off the wall, something with dragons or, you know, whatever. You know, not something I would probably do with this, you know, currently. <laughs> but, you know, 
give people that option, you know, and um, bring pe other people into the creative process, you know? Yeah, it's it, uh, like as I mentioned before, I think the possibilities are endless. I think it can go anywhere. Like I already, I cannot really see like a, a time traveling mystery where you have to go like back and forth between different time periods. That would be freaking out. That's my cup of tea. So like I will totally play that like 100%. Okay, Doctor Who. Exactly. There you go. You know me. Yeah, there you go. There's already a certain Tarantino element to the the current season, so Ooh. my my wife said something similar, like, "Oh, time traveling, that should be." And I'm like, "Can you imagine how much crazier it'll be?" Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, almost I... basically that already. So yeah, I say go steampunk. Steampunk. That, would have to be so that might be a guest. That might be a guest season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because steampunk, a uh, steampunk Norish. Ooh, steampunk Nor. That might actually work. Yeah, Actually, a, a time travel could be really fun just from the prospect of, you know, you could have something totally planned out and it's an option for somebody to subscribe and they start getting all their packages out of order and then they've got to start figuring out how to put it together <laughs> in the right order to boot. Definitely, yeah. Figure out the story. That would be fantastic. <laughs> it would be so trippy, though. It would be awesome. Um. But anyway, uh, before before we end the show, though, <clears throat> is there anything else uh, you would like to say uh, about the project? Um, I'm trying to think if I forgot to mention anything. Um, I, I guess just um, well, I some of the other influences. Um, I didn't. I know I touched on a few, but like you know, Silent Hill was a little bit of an influence. Um, you know, this isn't completely off the rails or anything, but, like, I am a fan of, like, Twilight Zone and X-Files and that yes. sort of thing. So, or, like, even, like, old, old, like, Alfred Alfred uh, Hitchcock's What about um, Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo, yeah. A there's a little bit of element to that just in the fake organization, the Dakota Ring organization, definitely. Um, yeah. No, I, I hope people really enjoyed it. I mean... I think it has, you know, some things in common with, uh, you know, the true crime podcasts, which are popular and subscription boxes and escape the rooms. And I don't know. I'm excited for it. I just, you know, I know everyone else will be. Now, do you like play? Yeah. Uh, do you collect like puzzle books? Like when you go to like Walgreens or Borders or something, they have like those value books, like magazines. Do you sometimes pick those up and like to do a nice puzzle? Um Anything like that? No, I, I don't actually, but I, I'll have to start, you know? It'll be like part of the process now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, like, where where can people find um, the Decoder Ring? Like, what's your Twitter, like, Facebook, like, all those things? So, the name of the game is the Decoder Ring Organization. Um, but the umbrella I'm putting everything under, uh, in case future seasons are called different things, um, is just uh, the company um, cyclopticmedia.com. Um, and that has a link to everything. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, we're uh, Cycloptic Media. Instagram, we're Cycloptic underscore media. And what? then someone took the, the, the. I know, right? <laughs> what? That's insane. That should then... have not happened. But we got Facebook, Cycloptic Media. That page is owned by Scott Summers. Scott Summers. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, uh, there you go. 
I just got it. <laughs> I'm just going to check who's saying. Uh, I totally did you drive on Nerddom. Oh, right. It would just be another a, podcast. A selfie would always have the reflection in the glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, like, are are you like, are you sure it's taken? Because like, I I can't see it. Like, it's not popping up on my search. So maybe maybe it got available again. Huh. I'll have to look into it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do it right now. Mid podcast, it doesn't matter. Like we say, we're um, a train wreck of professionalism. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, do you guys have any like like last questions before we move on? Um, Rob, um, what's like your favorite? Uh, what's been one of your favorite TV shows or um, video games or anything that's in like that that's in the realm of mystery? Um, uh, um, or even comic books, if you if you have been into any of them, like uh, like Dick Tracy or something like that. Well, Dick Tracy's fun. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think it's a lot of the things I mentioned. You know, the the Alfred Hitchcock sort of thing. I, I've been binge watching that a lot lately. It's on Netflix now, so. Um, and then, besides that, a lot of uh, podcasts. I don't know. I've been a podcast listener lately. Maybe it's it is because I'm getting older. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> it is the know, easiest media to consume. That's for sure. Definitely, I'll be doing anything else, and I'm listening to horrific murders in my ears. You know, so. <laughs> uh, hold on, before before we uh, go though, have you listened to uh, We're Alive? What was that? We're alive. It's like a zombie survival, um, like radio drama podcast. It's really good. It's probably one of my favorites. So, oh, is it? See, I got to write all these things down. We're alive. <laughs> We're alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, anyway, uh, Larry, do you have any final questions before we go? I do. I got one important, hard hitting, hard hitting journalism question. We're gonna throw you on the spot. What oh, have you gosh. been playing this week? <laughs> Uh, this is what I said on uh, Nerd Overdrive. I've been playing Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen my wife. I've seen my wife playing Sims. Uh, that's that's all I've uh, tangentially played. <laughs> yeah, kick, um, Kickstarter is like a full time job, so I, I don't blame you for just like for that. Uh, side yeah, question, Rob. Have you heard of an anime called Case Closed? Uh, I've. It sounds familiar, but I know I I'm not a big anime person besides like Studio Ghibli stuff, you know. Oh, you know, but check out Case Closed; you might like it. Okay. All right. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, that's it for uh, the first half of the show. Uh, we're gonna take a short break again, and uh, we'll be right back.
and welcome back everybody to World One One Podcast. I'm taking over your host with the most the chocolate wonder with thunder, Mr. Eddie V. We're gonna just have a random talk. So we heard our special guest, Robert, uh, talk about his uh cool the decoder ring or uh, uh coming soon. Uh, so you guys could check that on our first part if you skip half the half of the thing, which you shouldn't. You should really take a listen. Great energy. Um, we have once again Mr. Adrian Nieto, and we have Sir Larry Giver also on the mic back with me, and we're gonna just have some good discussion about uh, some mystery movies and some mystery games, and some super, super. What was it called again? Oh, the super boy a super boy and i'm gonna actually hand this part over to larry to talk about the super boy give us your review so first off guys we're audio only show so you need to go check out the video for uh rob's uh decoder ring organization so you can see because he has a magnificent beard that almost rivals mine <laughs> your beard is phenomenal just That's for funny. Rob. That's I, funny. I have a slight beard envy so. A friend contacted me that I hadn't talked to in a long time after I posted the video, and they're like, "Your beard? What happened?" They're like, "To publicize it, you need to put this on all sorts of beard publications." And <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's so je- I'm so jealous that you guys can grow beards and I can't. I cannot grow not. Yeah, uh, if if this was a beer off, uh, Eddie will be last, and Robert <laughs> will win. So, which will make me third. <laughs> yeah, will make me third. So that doesn't make me any happy. But I'm, 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 I'm okay competing with men that have extraordinary beards. So well, Adrian, your beer is more of of a lumberjack beer. You got that nice lumberjack beer. Yeah, that's the Canadian side of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever played? Wearing like lead shirts and stuff like that. Have you guys ever played um, Exploding Kittens? Like, I've seen it, but I haven't played it yet. I, I guess like one of the rules is like whoever has the the best beard gets to go first or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My friend told me that, and I'm like, you do, you're just lying right now, so I'll go first, right? <laughs> no, you'll be surprised how many. Um, at least I've seen like tabletop games that have. Uh, you start the game by blank, and they they just put something like incredibly weird and like cheesy as well. Like, who woke up the earliest? Like, what? How does how is that determining who goes I'll, first? I probably will win right now since I have to be up at three a.m. for work. So I'll probably be like I'm going first. <laughs> like, who was the last person to have a bowel movement? <laughs> there you go. Uh, but anyway, moving on to to, to the Superboy. Yeah, so as far well, oh, no, this is almost bowel movement related because you can play this thing on the pooper. So, <laughs> so I picked up yesterday a. Uh, it's called a Superboy, spelled S U P A B O Y Superboy, and it is a handheld, portable, all you know, self-contained Super Nintendo that plays the actual Super Nintendo cartridges. So, you know, these cartridges stick out the back of this thing in kind of ridiculous fashion, but in such a manner that I just don't care because it's beautiful and glorious. Um, It's it's got, it's definitely styled after the look of an old Super Nintendo controller, but 
bigger to contain all the necessary uh, the necessary hardware. Um, as far as hardware review goes, this thing's impressive. I'm digging it so far. Um, it doesn't feel cheap. It's it's not super heavy, which is impressive given the size of this thing. This could totally feel like a brick if it was you know solid all the way through. But it's solid enough that it doesn't feel cheap, like you're going to just snap it in your hands. Um, we got a three and a half inch uh, screen on there, um, standard four by three format. You know, like what an what an original Super Nintendo game would run before we had widescreen. Um, the screen's not the greatest quality. It's got some issues dealing with certain uh, things happening on screen, but it's not atrocious to the point where i would say avoid it it's it's a decent thing it's only a whopping 80 bucks i i certainly can't complain about it for that fact um pair of speakers uh, you know built into the unit 80 bucks which means uh, like 200 bucks in canada (laughs) hey not my fault your economy's fucked up yeah, that's or brainchild so, right there. <laughs> so the the sound on this thing, the speakers are actually not terrible. Um, it, it does have some minor issues, like you can hear some weird feedback in the in this audio if you're listening carefully. Um, it, it doesn't get anything real super low end, but what's there is solid. The the mid and the high end is decent. Um, you know, again, it's it's a handheld. You're not going to get anything spectacular out of it sound-wise. The volume on it's actually kind of impressive. Um, beyond that, uh, the buttons are fucking phenomenal. They're nice and clicky. They're not like, you, you won't hear the click like you will with an Xbox One D-pad, but you'll definitely feel that, that click that you hit the button. It's not this mushy, sloppy thing. You know, they've got the actual mix of the concave and the convex buttons, just like an original Super Nintendo controller. It's spectacular. Not only that, uh, you know, it plays your Super Nintendo cartridges. It's also sized correctly to play your Super Famicom cartridges to boot. So for those that have some, you know, old Japanese Super stuff sitting in their collection, here's a way for you to play it. Um, I will say the D-pad felt a little stiff right out of the box. But I think it's breaking in nicely. Uh, I've been playing through Super Metroid uh, since I got it yesterday. Um, and the D-pad is starting to wear to the point where it's perfectly comfortable. Um, the start and select buttons, since you've got a screen in the middle, have been moved up uh, just over into the right of the D-pad. Uh, and there's a reset button over into the left of the uh, standard buttons, uh, the face buttons. And I think if I had designed it, I would have flipped that around. But truth be told, it's a minor complaint. Um, you've got a nice little uh, cartridge lock feature on the back of it, too, so that way you're, uh, it'll make sure that the cart stays secure in place, it doesn't wobble, doesn't wiggle, holds it nice and snug. Um, when you pop your cartridge out, it also has a nice little dust flap cover that you know spring loads up on it, too, which is real nice. You know, help keep it in good shape. Um, the shoulder buttons are also just gloriously, perfectly feeling. They've got that nice triggery snap to them. Um, but no, it's, it's an impressive piece of hardware. It comes with its own lithium-ion rechargeable battery. Um, I've been playing through Super Metroid. I haven't run the battery dead as of yet. Um, it did take a little while to charge uh, right out of the box, but, again, minor complaint. 
the other really cool thing, and I, I I'll leave a link to it uh, up on the Facebook page so you can see it. But there's an AV out on the top of this uh, unit here, so you can plug it into your TV, and it comes with all the appropriate cords um, because the AV out is like a little uh, three and a half millimeter jack that will split out into a uh, an RGA or an RGB cord. Um, so you can plug it into a standard, you know, AVN on your TV, and it's actually got a pair of controller inputs on the front of it, so you can actually plug in a pair of standard Super Nintendo controllers and just use it as a stock console to play on your TV and be able to play multiplayer with two people, even. So it's, it's a really nifty piece of hardware, totally worth the 80 bucks that I did not spend on it, because I had a 20% off coupon at the store, and it was not for used only. So I spent my 20% off coupon on my Superboy. So, yeah. Go sales. Um, but no, I, I'm really pleased with this. I'm totally keeping this son of a bitch at my desk at work. So I have something so I can sit there and play my Super Nintendo games at work. Uh, yeah. Productivity just went out the window, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like, in my personal review, uh, Gray, it sounds like four, four out of five Yoshi coins. <laughs> oh, I, I would totally rate it at the eighty dollars that it's priced at. Um, you know the the unit itself is nice. The packaging was actually nice too. It wasn't anything super fancy, but I mean it's it's a nice little box, um, neatly packed. Not a lot of extra garbage in the box. Um, even came with this nice little velvety pouch to keep it in. Um, you know, I, I do wish that there was maybe like a, a case for it that fit the unit. When it had a cartridge in it, that's probably my only complaint. Um, the charging port is a standard uh, USB mini port, um, which reminds me, at some point, I have every intention of plugging in a charge cable into my Xbox One to charge the unit, and then put in my Super Game Boy and an old Game Boy you know, original game, and then AV out it to my TV and play it with a standard Super Nintendo controller because it's probably the most ridiculous setup ever to play just a Game Boy game. The most unnecessary, convoluted way to play a Game Boy game. I found it. So, exactly. <laughs> but, no, it's it's, uh, it's a nifty pick, uh, piece of hardware done by a company called Hyperkin. Um, I've, I've got no major complaints about this, really. I've, I'm impressed. I've told my wife all summer long, I'm like, I will fucking have one of those, and I got one, and it's totally worth it. Um, so, yeah. Sounds better I, than I'm Mad Cat. Eddie, I'll definitely let you uh, pull around with it when you come in here in a couple weeks. Ah. Adrian, did you get any new pickups that you would like to review? Uh, no, I'm broke. <laughs> so I haven't been able to pick anything up. Rob, do you have any pickups that you would like to review? <laughs> No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, uh, next week I'll talk more. Did, uh... Next week I'll talk more about Paper Mario Color Splash uh, and um, uh, Tokyo Mirage Session. I'll talk about that next week because those those be my latest pickups. But uh, given the review, I'll talk about that next week. But we're going to get to our final topic of this episode. Um, we've been talking about mysteries and adventure games and things like that. So I, I kind of want to know where you guys, how did you get into mystery, to crime thrillers? Like, what was your first exposure to it? I know for me, 
it was Scooby Doo and the Psychopedia Brown. Like those were my two things. It's that's into. not really mystery though. Yeah, but like, I, but that I'm talking about getting the into it. I fucking hate Scooby Doo. <gasps> the audacity! Shots fired. Yeah. I hate Scooby-Doo so much. Hold on, Rob. Remember that Final Fantasy discussion uh, that uh, Lee and Ray was having yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I was just like, so I made a comment just like, I need to get my popcorn to see this debate. <laughs> yeah, I forgot Ray was a fan of Six so much. <laughs> I mean, who's not a fan of Six? But yeah, more so six than Seven. Six is better than Seven. Oh, yeah. Nine is better than both. Twelve. <laughs> Like I said, I might be biased because I played seven first, you know. So maybe it's whatever you played first. I don't know if you did it in order. I played uh, six before seven, um, and I think both games are like really great. Um, I just like nine and twelve better though. Oh God, no! <laughs> uh, we're, we'll have this discussion off air, Rob. If we have to, trust me. <laughs> um, but back to the question, um, Adrian. Uh, what made you get into? Have you even got, haven't you even gotten into crime or mystery kind of things? Like, have you have any kind of interest, or what was your first uh, introduction to it? At least, I don't know Sherlock. I guess like many people, um, does Castle uh, count? The TV show. I really like that TV show. Um, um, if, yeah, if you if if it's a mystery kind of show, I mean, it is mystery. Um, yeah, like I put that on quotes because, like, I don't, I don't know. It's like fake mystery, at least on that TV show. Uh, Sherlock is a little bit more serious, uh, especially the books, of course, uh, not the movies. Uh, the TV show from uh, the BBC is pretty legit as well. Um, what else about mystery? I don't know. James Bond movies, maybe? Question mark. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm the. Again, like mystery usually comes hand in hand with like horror or like very gory stuff that I'm yeah, not fond of. That, so that's that's part of it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like a super fan of those things. So yeah, I can. Teen Titans. That's as much mystery as I can. <laughs> that's a yeah. whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different kind of uh, genre. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Larry, um, sure Teen Titans is why the hell did they make Teen Titans go? That yeah, that is that is the bigger mystery. <laughs> uh, Larry, what has been your kind of introduction? You know, I'm not a big mystery nut. Um, I, on occasion, via other things that I like, I will dip my toes into the mystery pool. There were a couple of good mystery episodes of Doctor Who that I really liked, um, and honestly, I think some of the ones that really caught me were the ones that didn't ever really have a resolution like the episode midnight with uh david tennant as much as i do not like david tennant as the doctor um he was probably my least favorite of the the new doctors since the show started up again in 2005 um which i'm sure i'm about to be crucified for but fuck you all i don't care um you're all wrong suck it um <laughs> <laughs> Check it, Trebek. Shots fired. So no, I actually like Matt Smith better, so I don't care. I don't no, watch Doctor Who, so Eccleston is still my favorite, though. But in any case, um, you know, a, a few of those. I, I I don't know if I even call them mystery games because they're more adventure games. 
but I've, I've said it before. I love stuff like the, the point and click adventures. Um, you know, but most of the point and clicks that I played were ones like the journeyman project that had a sci-fi spin to it or time travel spin or ones like the neverhood that had just that weird, strange feel to it. Does, um, uh, did armor Croc have a mystery to it in a way, in a sense? Uh, I mean, a, a slight one. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not as prominent, I think, as you got a, a mystery of sorts with um, Neverhood, though, because Neverhood you were getting the story, but you weren't getting the story in order, okay. um, and so you were kind of trying real hard to piece it together, but you were only getting little bits and pieces all out of order, um, and so, but. You know, like I said, not not a big mystery person, but there are a few. Uh, Trace Memory, there you go. That's actually, that's a great mystery game right there. Um, and I, I know I was talking about it just briefly earlier, but I, I, I just to share one of the examples of what that game did in terms of sheer brilliance of, you know, putting objects from the game into your hands. Um, one of my favorite puzzles, and I'm about to wreck this for anybody that's never played it, but this game's like 10 years old, so spoilers, fuck you. Um, was, uh, there was, <laughs> all right, then <laughs> it's, you've had 10 years, get on it. Um, but I'll take was, my headphones uh, off. <laughs> <laughs> there's a puzzle and I'll, I'll only spoil this one because there is so much other brilliance in this game in the design, um, where you find a picture frame. It's like a, a little two panel hinged picture frame thing sitting on a coffee table in a room and you, uh, pick it up by clicking on it and it puts uh, each picture, like the left picture in the left on one of the screens and the right hand picture in the other screen. So like if you were to turn your DS sideways, it's like holding the picture frame, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that's really cool. Yeah. You pick it up and you click it again to try and figure out what to do with it. But your character just puts it down and says something like, you know, I, I maybe if I look in the reflection and you're just like, the hell am I supposed to do with this? Because we've spent years playing point-and-click games, you know, being trained to manipulate things in-game rather than what's in your hand. And it took me by pure accident figuring this puzzle out because I was getting pissed and went to put the game down where I went to close my DS. And if you fold it over, you can actually see the reflection of one picture, one screen, in the other screen. And if you line it up right it creates a complete picture to give you the solution to a combination lock to move forward. So it literally puts the picture frame in your hand to manipulate. I'm like, that's brilliant. So cool. Cool. And what about you? Um, I think I talked about a lot of them. I think like one of the earliest things I remember is probably, uh, you know, my parents having, like, unsolved mysteries on in the background, oh. something like that, you know, just around the house. Um, I, I probably got into it again because of Serial Podcast, I believe. Um, I mean, it, it's true crime, so it's kind of weird to call it mystery, but it is mystery, you know. But, yeah. So, okay. So, question uh, for you guys. Sherlock Holmes or uh, Batman? Who is the greatest detective? Uh, Rob, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, <laughs> well, you you're about to anger a bunch of fanboys, so I don't think we should. Talk <laughs> I know there's that. no there's no way out. Yeah. Which bat? Which Batman? No. <laughs> uh, 
Oh no, there's that, a way. That, well, hold on, hold on. That's a very fair question, though. Uh, because, like, if you say, like, um, who was the latest Batman? Not uh, Ben Affleck. Um, uh, ben his name? Was the latest Batman. Oh, the one before that, and Christian um, Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, like his Batman was like rubbish. Like, he wasn't really a detective. He was just like a punching back most most of the time. Well, I'm just speaking right. of Batman in general. Batman versus <laughs> Sherlock versus Batman. Who would you pick as the greatest detective? Well, but like it's different though because like there is many different Batman incarnations, but there is only like two or three Sherlock's though. Mm, no, there's been more. Who? Where are you getting these other Sherlock's? Okay. I'll take Brent Spiner Sherlock for the win. I'm talking about Sherlock in general. <laughs> you yeah, trying to space this out. See, this is, uh, this is the abstract this is ideas of right. these characters. Can we let... Oh, come on. Adrian, Adrian, can we let our guests answer the question first before we <laughs> start sorry. having... <laughs> I love you, Adrian. See, that's why, and then you get on me and Larry about saying this is a train wreck of professionalism. <laughs> you are. Because I'm trying to create a structure for everything. Uh, Rob, can you, <laughs> Sherlock or Batman? All right, I'll go with, I'll go with Sherlock. I what? think Sherlock. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, oh. Batman's definitely a good detective. But he's got other things that he's good at, so give Sherlock some credit there. <laughs> uh, Larry. Hands down Sherlock. For the simple fact, I've never looked at Batman or Bruce Wayne or just the character in general as a detective character. You know, he's, you know, he is the knight, he is vengeance, whatever. But a detective, not so much. Sherlock, on the other hand, is out there, you know, that's it for him. It is straight up logic follow the clues figure it out you know i i it goes to sherlock hands down and for the record as sherlock's go brent spiner is sherlock you know and the star trek next generation series was awesome he wins <laughs> well for me it's definitely batman i love sherlock but batman has always been a big influence for me with the uh being as a detective yeah he has some superhero things and he used a lot of technology but he's so on point with a lot of his clues. Um, and I just sometimes I really like how he goes about uh, finding it and stuff and how he connects it and things like that. Uh, so, Adrian, who would you choose? I mean, depends on which Batman <laughs> and uh, which universe, uh, which Adrian, Earth as Adrian, well. It's a general um, question. Sherlock versus Batman. Don't overthink <laughs> this. You're overthinking it. I'm Ravenclaw. I'm always overthinking stuff. No, I think, you know what? Like, I think uh, Batman is overrated, so I'm always going to go with Sherlock. Ooh. Yeah, that, now I made a bunch of nerds uh, angry. There you go. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just I'm going to piss you all off because I'm going outside the parameters of the question, and I'm going to say the greatest detective, though, was Inspector Clouseau. Suck it. Oh, I thought you were about to say Inspector Gadget. I was about to fall out and laugh. <laughs> I thought that's where he was going to. Inspector Clouseau. The biggest hey, idiot like to ever make me smile. Oh, wow. I'm going to say the doctor is the greatest detective. 
but there this we makes... go. Now we're just cross solving over all over isn't the place. It, isn't it like on the sixteenth <laughs> Doctor or something? You know what? Shovel Knight is the best detective because Shovel Knight is always. <laughs> oh the my right goodness! Answer. A Shovel Knight mystery game. Oh, I I would I would put a hundred dollars for a Kickstarter for that just to get it. His companion <laughs> character is gonna be Fetish Knight. And we're oh going to continue God. with the next question. <laughs> we're not going to recycle that. <laughs> we have a special guest. We're trying to be professional. <laughs> I know Robert's just like these guys. I'm like, dude, and they do this every week or when they do get together. This is the fun and not cynical stuff that we have. But we enjoy it. We love things like that. So, you, um, you could have listened to the past episodes just to give yourself a heads up. <laughs> So before we close out on the show uh, and we start doing our plugs, um, Rob, would you like to say anything else about how to get people into mystery games or like what should they look for into mystery games, books or anything? If they're into crime thrillers and stuff like that or not not say they're into it, but if they're interested in getting into it, what would you recommend? I think like... I think a lot of people are already into mystery, even if they don't realize it. There's, you know, mystery elements to probably a lot of things that they already like, you know, whether it's, you know, Doctor Who or something like we were just talking about. But there's, it's interwoven into pretty much every story there is, you know. It's uh, it's just a matter of if you want to play a mystery game, like the the dedication to it. Do you enjoy that satisfaction of solving something, you know? So, um, and also, do you recommend people playing the game clue or clue junior? (laughs) Sure. Play any game. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't played that in a long time, but, um, definitely. Why not? Play a game, get out there and play a game, right? That's literally the actual only board game I could think of that deals with a mystery is clue. I don't know why. Yeah, it definitely makes you think of the the Sherlock Holmes pipe and everything, yeah. (laughs) And with that, everybody, that's our episode. We want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Um, Before we uh, we get into plugs and stuff, Rob, you want to promote your your Kickstarter one more time? Yes, go get an awesome game. It'll be like presents in your mailbox every couple days and it'll be weird and maybe it'll freak you out and but you'll love it and uh yeah go to cyclopticmedia.com that's probably the easiest place just go there and we have a link to the kickstarter right at the top of the page um and then there's a cool video you can watch and another cool video you can watch and a ton of information all yeah. right and before we before we finish going, I just drew Robert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he looks like the devil from the Powerpuff Girls. What was you thinking? What? No, he doesn't. Oh, actually, he Wait. does. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> on the Facebook page now. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll take a picture and send it to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, definitely do I'll post it too uh, may, I ask, right. may I ask you this extra question and I'm sorry everybody um, have you ever thought about graffiti art or any different kind of art styles as an artist um, I know you went to 3D uh, art thing but have you uh, looked into doing different styles of art like drawing or stuff like that uh, me personally um, uh, yeah I mean I well I did the comic book art for the that graphic novel 
Um, you know, I, I was I took, you know, traditional oil painting classes and watercolor and all that sort of thing. And um, I have some friends that do the graffiti thing. And um, yeah, I think it's I think it's all good. You know, I, I think I, I, I don't know anything to make the world more interesting, kind of, you know. All right. And Adrian, would you like to plug anything? Because I think you have a game in the company. Uh, I love how you say it like you don't know about it. Um, yeah, you can I'm just uh, head any of this. <laughs> yeah, you can just head to the thefrostymachine.com. Uh, that's my company, uh, indie game studio. You can check out the stuff that we're working there. You can check all all our social medias there. I'm working on a challenge uh, called One Game a Month on Twitter right now. So I'm working on a prototype. I'm writing a blog actually, or I was before uh, we started the interview. Uh, that's going to go up soon, so definitely check that out. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And what game did you... Oh, go ahead, Rob. Oh, I was going to say, I spied on your stuff a little bit uh, after I oh, talked to you. you. Yeah, I like the, uh, the tuna thing. It's really funny, the the fish. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you can so. get it for free. It's available now. Uh, it's on the App Store and Google Play. So definitely, if you listening to this, go and download it, because it, it is actually a pretty fun game, even though it looks super silly. But, um, Adrian, so what's, you'll, Adrian what's the name of the title of your game? What's the name? Uh, of the it's title? called Tuna Cycle. Uh, like I said, it's free and available for iOS and Android. Yeah, It looked like Quap, but with fish, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Eh? <laughs> and Larry, where can we find you before I do my 10,000 plugs that I normally do? Um, out on our Facebook page, uh, you know, uh, Larry is always right giver. I'm out there on Facebook. I'm on the Facebook page. I do watch that fairly consistently. Um, you know, we, we would love to hear from some of you guys, get some conversation going. Um, not that anybody ever does, save for maybe like one person. Um, but, you know, do do watch the Facebook page because I do, you know, keep my eyes out for when I see something of interest, uh, be it, you know, Hey, here's a neat article or Hey, here's free games. Go get some. I will post links to those articles and whatnot on our Facebook page for you guys too. Um, so that's, now that's that the thing. That the, like there's been a couple of people joining the past few days. So uh, if you're listening to these, thank you so much for joining the group for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's Rob, it's, it's been a wonderful pleasure to have you on our show. We would love to have you back. Um, there, there, there may be something to, uh, discuss after the show too, just to see, uh, pitch an idea to you and see what you think. Uh, and depending on what you say, we may discuss that further on coming episodes. So well, I'm intrigued, a mystery. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code. You also can find my own podcast, optional opinion at SoundCloud, the anomalous radio network. iTunes, Google play and other podcast apps. Um, if you subscribe to optional opinion, you also will get world one, one podcast, which you can also find on iTunes, Google play archive.org and other, uh, podcast apps um you can email this show at world one one podcast at gmail.com w-o-r-l-d one one p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com um you can find my writings at ign.com under anime e-n-i-m-e um i have done the beauty of video game genres so do check that out 
Um, I also write for uh, the Digital Nerd Advocates, so uh, digitalnerdadvocates.com. Um, you can check my writers out for there. Uh, skirmishfrogs.com, I write a series called The Moment, where I talk about how um, me reminiscing about old games and how they connect to my personal life. Um, I'm also on part of Team Nerds, Team uh, N3RD, where I just did my first review, professional video review for the game Record for Xbox One. So do check that out on YouTube. YouTube and check out Team Nerd on Facebook also. And with that, everybody, you see, Rob, I do a lot. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, I do a lot. Oh, we forgot something. Um, you know, this week's or this month's game of the month for uh, NVC Video Game Book Club. Uh, oh, Eternal yes. Darkness. Absolutely glorious game. For God's sakes, get on top of it. Adrian, I am so glad you got your hands on a copy to play this month. I am not happy about it, but. <laughs> That's you will my be by the way. Icon, dude. You will be. <laughs> um, Adrian, you're drawing stuff. I need you to draw us a picture of Fetish Night. Wow. Which, nope. <laughs> 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 which, yes, which also. Somebody be... draw a picture of Fetish Night and send it to the Facebook page. <laughs> I need to see it. Uh, which also reminds me, everybody, uh, for optional opinion, I am having a discussion about Eternal Darkness. Um, also, I'm having a discussion of Rise of the Tomb Raider. So if you're interested, come find me on Facebook under Edward Varnell. And if you want to be on those shows, uh, let me know. Uh, but once again, thank you everybody. Have a good week. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games that you play. Go check out Rob's Kickstarter. Uh, you can check it out also on our uh, Facebook page. Share it on your page and share it with friends. Get the word out and uh, throw some money. Help help the Kickstarter so we can get so he can reach his goal and we can get glorious gifts and a good mission. Uh, and with that, everybody, we are out. Out. Bye. Thank you guys. Thank you.